Hello, and welcome back to My Boyfriend is a Pilot. I'm your co-host, The Undertaker, and I'm joined by my other co-host, The Grim Reaper. Hello, everyone. Nick, I don't know about you, but these were some killer episodes, don't you think? Oh, I agree. I took uh, a lot of notes. Death notes, that is. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I'm dying to get started. Oh, me too. I am deadly serious about these episodes. (laughs) Episode 17, Phantasm. So the deal with this episode is, is straight away, is it's a bunch of recycled animation. It's a clip show. It's a clip show. But what makes it interesting is it's a clip show of him having a coma or something like that. So they've reused all the animation, but recorded a bunch of nonsensical dialogue on top of it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure all the VAs just, this was just straight up improvisation the entire time. It, this, yeah. Well... We're going to get into that, but this episode is really quite a trip. Pick it, pick it, fire it up, come along, and take a hit from the bong. Put down the blunt just for a second. Don't get me wrong, it's not a new method. We fly inside Rick's cursed mind, and we see Min Mei on stage while Rick watches on. The song is To Be In Love, but then suddenly a giant Zentradi hand reaches out from behind the stage and grabs Min May. It's Brie time. Okay, Rick says, so that's uh, strike number one on giant giant hand picks up woman. Oh, I'm so glad that I'm not the only one that picked up on this. This is yeah, this is quite the theme in this episode. It's very bizarre. And also this show, like, come on. I don't know who the lead animator is, but keep your fetish out of your work. So Rick says, hold on, Min May, I'm coming to rescue you. And he runs from the concert, and before you know it, he's in his fighter plane from the very first episode. He takes off and watches the dogfight around him. Lisa calls him up and asks him what he's doing. He then calls Lisa an old lady. He gets shot down and goes flying to a bunch of buildings like the first episode. We fast forward in time, and Rick is walking through Macross City, and a voice comes over the PA and says that Rick is such a loser, they had to auction off his spacesuit after he crashed a bunch of uh, crashed into oh, a bunch I, of buildings. I love this line. They literally say, four buildings were accidentally included in his flight plan. <laughs> yeah. I think um, the, uh, the, the the PA voice work is probably the highlight of this episode for me. Um, yeah. He, he goes inside and sits down and imagines Minmay calling his name. Uh, Rick goes to talk to Roy and Roy says, You've only signed up because you want to save Minmay. They run into the bridge crew. Lisa says, Hey, you're that dope that crashed his Veritech. And then Rick calls him an old lady. Inhale, exhale. Just got an ounce in the mail. I like a blunt or a big fat... Bowl. How did you typo that? Fuck's sake. But my double barrel bong is getting me stoned. I'm skillet, there's water inside, don't spill it. Is it not coal? I thought it's not it's coal. Bowl. It's, oh it's my bowl. god. Okay, so uh, oh. ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Charles has never once done a drug, and my god, can you tell? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hit with the Mary Joanna. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So Roy leads in and says, if you do join up to the metal tree, you'll be reporting directly to her. Lisa says, so you're going to join up, hey? That was quite a show you put on. Maybe next time you'll do a soft landing. And one of the bridge crew calls him stupid. So this is just exactly the same goddamn scene where he ran into the bridge crew and Lisa and then the bridge crew calls him a lecher. It's exactly the same footage. It's just been dubbed over again. It's bizarre. (laughs) We have it's the same so training. Weird. We have the it, it gets better. We have the training montage. You can become a pilot. He becomes a pilot. Roy says, "Well done, you're a pilot." 
Rick runs to his plan and he's told he's going off on Operation Midmay. He gets shot down. Heard Operation Blue Wind. He gets shot down and then he goes back into his ship and takes off again. Lisa tells him he's been confined to quarters and asks why he's doing this and Lisa doesn't care if he dies. Tries it again. The bridge crew asks if voices sounding more and more like chipmunks. Yeah, they did the same thing, but like pitch bend it up. It's yep. horrible and yep. there's no explanation for it at all. One of them wishes, in an increasingly high-pitched voice, that someone would come, keep coming back to try and save her. Rick bemoans the fact that he's getting shot down, but he says, Don't worry, this time I have a magic bicycle. And he takes off on his magical bicycle. Yep. We cut back to him walking through the town, and the PA announcer says that Rick Hunter got sh- shot down riding a bicycle. Smells like shit on the carpet, still it goes down smooth when I get a clean hit of the skunky, funky, smelly green shit. Sing my song, pop all night long, as I take hits from a bong. Lisa and Max and Ben decide to help Rick to try and rescue him in Rick says he thought everyone hated him. The four of them get attacked by Zentradi and Max shoots them all down. The four of them decide to disguise themselves as enemy aliens, so it's the scene from when they bust out of prison. They yep. land their jets inside and Max gets inside the pea clothes. Uh, they all hide in the pockets, they get chased by them and try to see the spaceship, yada yada yada. It's exactly the same footage. Exactly the same footage. Max robots get, Max's robot gets done blowed up. Rick and Lisa are running through the spaceship and they hear the sound of Minmay singing. It's a different in, song. A different song. Floating in an island in the middle of space, they see Retai sitting in the wreckage of Macross City. Lisa tells Rick he probably wants his fighter and his fighter magically appears in front of him. Yep. It flies towards the floating island in space, and a voice over the radio asks if Rick is in love with Minmay, and he says he is. The voice says, you'll get a medal of bravery if he finishes the mission. Let's smoke that bowl, hit the bomb, and then take the finger off the hole. Plug it, unplug it, don't straighten, I love you Mary Jane. Uh, <laughs> what? <clears throat> We're moving right along. Cypress holding- Hill, how <laughs> could you? It's the 90s, man. Britai is holding Minmay in his outstretched palm because what the fuck is going on with this? Minmay doesn't recognize him at first, but then says that Minmay can't go with Rick because Lynn Carl doesn't let her go out with Soldier. Britai turns his head and morphs into a giant Lynn Carl Britai hybrid. It was Rick about is- this point I realized that this is actually my nightmare sequence. <laughs> <laughs> Rick is aghast that Minmay lets him control him. Rick and uh, strike two. Yep, so he'll get grabbed by a giant hand again. Yep. Rick can't believe it and says if that's how it is, he's quitting the military service. He rips off his military spacesuit, revealing his civilian one beneath it. The Linkai Britite hybrid starts to melt and dissolve into the ground. Minmay yells, You've destroyed him, he's gone. Rick picks up Minmay in the hand of his robot. Strike three. This is the strike. No, that's the strike two. I jumped the gun. Well, she gets grabbed at the very start and then he's in his oh, yeah. palm just before, so this is the third time. They there take off and blah, blah, blah. Nick made fun of me for writing this out in detail. It's the scene from the first episode where they take off and then the arm gets shot off and she falls down and she gets rescued. It's, and, you know, this is actually particularly funny because it just highlighted just how bad the animations got in this show. I didn't notice because it was slowly deteriorating, but when it comes back to like episode two, you're like, oh. Actually, it's funny you should mention Oops. that because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, wow, did this show really look this good? <laughs> I don't remember like- it looking so good. It looks yeah. so crap now. So the plane is on fire and they launch off the front cockpit of the plane and it turns into another plane and then they fly inside the SDF-1 and they're stuck inside the SDF-1 like the Space Tuner episode. Yeah, okay. as soon as they turn back in and it was, I was like, oh god, please not the Space Tuner episode yep. again. Yep. yep, and they go outside, they wander to the ship and they go outside and, and they look out the window and instead of seeing Space Tuner they see the entire Centralia. 
With that flame, I light up the cherry. She's so good to me when I pack a fresh bowl. I clean the screen. Don't get me stirred up the smoke through the bubbling water. Lisa looks out at all the ships, taking photos with her camera, and tells Rick that all battles are beautiful until they surround you. Minmay asks where they came from, and Rick says he invented them in his nightmares. Rick and Minmay talk about how they haven't been alone in a while. Rick does some shit about blah blah blah. Minmay doesn't love me. Yada yada. Minmay says her fans are her friends. Minmay says she doesn't have time for her boyfriend and a career. Rick says he's starting to like another girl, Lisa. Minmay falls asleep, and Rick gets mad that Minmay isn't paying enough attention to him. Is making it pure, so I gotta take my hit and hold it. Just like Trung, I get the bowl and reload it. Get my four-footer and bring it on as I take hits from the bomb. Minmay wakes up and a camera flashes. Minmay asks what it was, and Rick says it's the photographers taking their picture for the newspaper. Once the pictures get published, they can get married. Then Minmay falls asleep. Rick bemoans that whenever he wants to talk, she falls asleep, and maybe she'll like him more now that he has rescued her. Minmay wonders how long it will take. Rick says it's been two weeks, but don't worry, they know where they are because he told them. Minmay starts singing to be in love. Minmay can't think of a song title. Oh, my boyfriend is Rick wonders what she'd done if she had to be a singer. Minmay says she'd be a bride because, of course, but she won't have a chance now. Minmay decides to have a pretend wedding. Blah, blah, blah. This is the part where I really realised that they're actually just straight up mad libs. Like, they're totally improvising this. Uh, Minmay still wants a career. Rick says they may have a problem. Because he's the worst. Yeah, because he's the worst. Minmay changes her mind because Rick is a soldier. Rick and her live such different worlds that they're just drifting apart, really. Minmay says she understands that maybe they can work it out. Minmay asks to kiss her when kiss Rick when Emperor Palpatine breaks in just as Lisa and Rick kiss. Emperor Palpatine says he'll never have Minmay and Lisa agrees he belongs to the service. Rick wakes up. Rick says, what a terrible dream. And the narrator says, yes, Rick, only a dream. And holy shit, I can't believe we got through that so quickly because that episode was really long and Oh bizarre. my God. So just do a clip show, guys. Yeah. Don't don't do this. Whatever the fuck this was, never do this again. If you're I, I, if you're watching at home, skip this one too. I I like. There's a couple of things that it does, and as you may or not may not have worked out from my erratic uh, retelling, is that there'll be parts where characters will just appear and disappear like a dream. I thought that was neat. Um, yeah, it definitely wasn't just because they were trying to mash a whole bunch of like random footage together and then improvising the gaps with it's a dream, so it can be bullshit. <laughs> and uh, I love the way that like. Uh, it, it doesn't follow the sequence of the story from the show. It'll just morph weirdly from clip to clip. So it's like a hellish nightmare. I think like as a piece of art that's designed to evoke a crazy fever dream, it sort of works. But also for me, the viewer, it was frustrating to watch. I hated it. I hated every second of it. <laughs> I was so mad the whole time. I'm mad that I had to watch that. I'm mad that it exists. And I'm mad that you called it a piece of art. We had a clip show, like, it, this is episode 17, and we had a clip show for episode 14. You cannot do this. Yeah, yeah. Well, and now we've discussed previously that that is not the highlight of the episode. The highlight of the episode is the promo for episode 18. The promo begins with, Roy tries to get Minmay to visit Rick in hospital, but the Zentradia attack, and Roy flies out on a mission, maybe for the last time. Hmm. Tune in next week to find out in Goodbye, Big Brother. Hmm. I wonder is... what's going to happen next episode. It's like, not only is that promo just spelling out exactly what is going to happen in the next episode, the episode itself is fantastically unsubtle in ways that I just adore. Oh, it's incredible. It's so funny.
Is there anything that needs to be said about this drug trip of a Phantasm episode? No, let's just move on. Let's move right on. Episode 18, Farewell Big Brother. The narrator tells us that the SDF, SDF-1 has a rare ma- moment of calm. Rick is recovering from the wounds he suffered two episodes ago. And then uh, the, he's, Rick is in hospital with the nurse and he says, Oh bother, some ace I am. Will I live? The nurse says that he's had a bad bump, but he'll be here a while because they need to run some experiments on him. And she had the Rick, shortest dress. That, that she, she, nurse she, outfit she is extremely inappropriate. She did. Uh, Rick goes, how come you have to run some tests? And the nurse says, they want to find out if pilot heads are made of granite. Nice. Um, Rick, being the grumpy antagonist and not a nice dude, is upset by this and does not find it funny. The nurse leaves and Lisa turns up with a bunch of flowers. And Lisa, friendly this... fire, hey, is here to apologize <laughs> for owning her own soldier. And I think this is the point that I realized that... Uh, we are probably back in Money Town because everything in this episode looks a lot better than previously. Am I yeah. the one that thought that? Uh, no, I, I I didn't notice it at the time, but you're right. Lisa's face is not constantly melting. No. Um, which it used, and, usually does. And we'll get to the combat scenes, which I thought were some of the... I don't know if it's, we haven't had a good combat scene in a while, but I was like, oh, this is actually pretty well done. I enjoyed this. It's not bad. I think also the fact that it was a combat scene motivated by story was also something that probably helped it. Yeah. So, Which um, we actually haven't seen since um, Blitzkrieg. Yes, exactly. That's a good point. So it's been a while. Uh, so now the first thing happens is, so Lisa turns up, as I said, with a bunch of flowers. Rick says something weird that I don't understand because I'm a simpleton. He says, geez, Lisa, you're so sad. Are you here to bury Caesar? Yeah, I don't know, man. I thought you were the fucking intellectual who knew about Shakespearean plays. Okay, well, I, I, yeah, I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. Lisa says she's sorry. Rick is like, what? And Lisa's like, it was all my fault. Rick says, um, no, it was my fault. I made a mistake. Lisa mopes. Rick says, what happened to your command confidence? Lisa says, well, I've said what I had to say and I'm going. Bye. She just gets really leaves. mad all of a sudden. It's like, oh, and just okay. leaves. And uh, Rick asks if she'll visit again and she just says, nope. <laughs> she doesn't say like, oh, I'll see if I can make it. She's just like, nope. Uh, Lisa arrives on the bridge. Um, Claudia, who finally has some time to shine, teases Lisa. Um, they have Lisa... the weirdest, most unnatural conversation ever had by two fictional characters on Earth. Yes, that's pretty much it. Uh, Claudia teases her and says that Lisa is in love with Rick and Lisa should be a woman and go after Rick with everything that she's got. What does be a woman even mean? I... <laughs> Is it supposed to be be a man? Is it supposed uh, to be something else? I, 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 I'm not even going to wade into that particular pool. I don't want to even uh, It's just guess. like one of those things where this is like a conversation a man who doesn't know any women <laughs> imagines women have. <laughs> yep. Um, the captain turns up and asks what's going on and Claudius has a great line about how um, they're talking about military procedure of a different kind and then just winks at Lisa. <laughs> I yeah, I, d- I know that she was trying to be subtle about them, you know, talking about not work shit, but it just kind of sounds like they were, you know, yeah, making pr- out. planning a coup or something. Look, I was just thinking, just you know, kissing, <laughs> just just getting on, let's get it on. Yeah, so, especially because uh, Global makes that comment then about hand to hand combat. Uh, oh, he does too. He's like, oh, well, we don't need to do any hand to hand combat. Yeah. That's- yeah. Um, 
Rick is in Rick is <laughs> Rick is in bed when Roy, Ben, and Max turn up. Uh, Rick calls Roy Big Brother in case. Yeah, so this episode was called. Oh, this see, that's what Claudia is doing. Claudia is starting to explore other options because she's got a bad feeling. <laughs> she read the title of the episode and went, "Oh, oh, I should maybe diversify my interests yeah. somewhat." Yeah, I've got to, I've got to have multiple income streams set up here. Oh, no. is that a really love, horrible no oh, it's income good. streams? Oh, oh, okay, good. I was just, yeah, okay. That's instead of like outcome. Um, Roy wonders oh. when Rick will be coming oh. back. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Rick mopes a bit. Ben makes a crack about Min May and Rick threatens to punch Ben in the nose and then Roy grabs everybody and they all leave. Yeah, Ma- Max and weird. Ben just repeatedly bring up Min May even though he gets mad every time and neither of them get the hint. Get the hint? Yeah, it's super. Thanks, guys. Uh, outside, Roy decides that Rick is depressed, which I don't think he's depressed. I thought he was just injured, but the show yeah, thinks no, he's depressed. I, I said the same thing. It's like, oh, he's never going to get out of the hospital while he's depressed. And it's like... Dude, he was in a plane crash. Yeah. He's in the hospital for physical trauma, not sad brains. <laughs> He's got a concussion. What the fuck? None of the bandage on his head isn't to hold all of the fucking good feelings in. It's to hold his brain in. <laughs> oh, he's got those good vibe uh, bandages on. Far out. Oh, um, man. Gwyneth Paltrow, eat your heart out. I'm going to start selling that. <laughs> so, um... Roy decides that there's only one kind of medicine that will cheer him up. Roy meets Claudia for coffee. Claudia happens to know what Minmay is up to. Because Roy's like, I need to know where Minmay uh, is. And I also and Claudia... need to meet my love interest. And it's very convenient if this is the same scene. <laughs> we can kill two birds with one storytelling uh, stone. Even though uh, Claudia doesn't know Minmay? Nope, never but Matt? Nope, but Claudia happens to know that she's working on a film. Claudia invites Roy over for his last meal. But Roy says, only if she makes... <laughs> pineapple salad which made me think so first they're ruining our pizzas and now they're ruining our salads <laughs> <laughs> oh dear are, are, you, are you a pro pineapple on pizza guy or not um yeah i'm i i don't mind a bit of pineapple yeah i, I don't mind either I just i'm a barbarian funny. but um, I, I don't i don't mind i just find it funny that people get upset about it yeah so we're gonna get a lot of hate mail now from our like three listeners <laughs> uh we cut to some ha- satanic hellish robo minmay dolls yeah this is, this is the worst thing ever made somebody has made in the show not in real life thank god about a 10 centimeter tall minmay doll in like a china dress that dances and sings and it's like well if you thought furbies were the most obnoxious thing to ever happen to your parents this is worse yep and uh the only thing i liked about them is that as they walk around in a stilted robotic kind of way, they sing like like to be in love, 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 in like some kind of digital kind of way. It was really silly. So in the original, those all yeah. did sing My Boyfriend is a Pilot. And the no fact way. that we've had like three songs in this show is an absolute mercy because in the original, it is just that song. She does have one other song that never comes up. Really? Every one of those dolls does Q-Q. Oh, no way. Yeah, it is unbearable. That's a, that's awesome. I love that. Um, so the reason for this scene, which honestly, when it started, I was like, why do we care about Minmay doll? And then suddenly you see the uh, three Zentradi spies on the ship and they're there staring at the dolls. And so it all makes some sort of sense. Uh, one of them says, they must seize it for their very own, which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, 
The table falls over and there's a giant scrum and the spies steal one of the dolls. Now, this is uh, strike four for a big hand picking up a little girl. Oh, shit. There you go. That's the, that's the fourth Still one. counts. Still counts. That does count. So then uh, the bridge crew are wandering around bemoaning that they have nothing and no one to do. When And this is my favorite part. The, the Zentradi, evil Zentradi music plays. I don't know if you noticed this. Like the, like <laughs> yeah. the tents, we're seeing the evil Zentradi guys and you see the three spies come running around the corner clutching the Vinmay doll yeah. and like trying to hide to make sure that it haven't been seen from the guy whose doll they stole. And yeah. I thought it was like really goofy. Um, so one of the, the bridge crew, the, oh, sorry. What happens is they turn around and see the bridge crew there and they're like, oh, uh, we were just going out for a stroll. And the bridge crew respond that they look like they're playing with a Minmay doll and that they're too old for that kind of thing. And only kids play with dolls. And then in another great line, one of the bridge crew asks, what planet are you from if you're still playing with dolls? Which I know it's really oh, dumb. Oh no, I- they've blown our cover! <laughs> I know it's really dumb, ironic humour, but I thought that was cute. Yeah, um, it's cute. It's, stupid, then- <laughs> but it's the first time one of these Zentradi three spies jokes has actually landed, so you've got to pay it. Oh, yeah. And then... Um, they respond that they're from around here, like really vague terms, and then yep. they just pick a random building and say, we, we work just over here. And he points randomly towards a random building, which is a discotheque called The Bamboo House. Nice. Um, this whole scene was weirdly charming to me, but maybe it's because Phantasm was such a uh, oh, lump this, of coal. This is, this is actually vaguely funny. <laughs> We've moved from humor adjacent to maybe vaguely humorous. Uh, yeah, I think I agree with that kind of subtle distinction that it's it's actually landing, just not landing super hard, so I like it. Um, the British crew say, that's funny, we go to the disco all the time, but we haven't seen you there. And then one of the spies comes over and goes, what's a disco? <laughs> and then the British crew ask, um, why don't we go across the disco now? And they start dragging them across the street, like really forced kind of way. Yeah, I love and this. Because they're like, another- oh no. Disco must be some sort of human torture. And you know what? This time, they're right on the money. Oh, fuck. Okay, my notes read. One of the spies ask, do you think disco is some sort of Micronian torture? Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) So we had the exact same joke come to mind. Both stumbling over each other to to do the obvious joke that disco is bad. (laughs) If you like disco, write into the show and we'll make fun of you. So um, on the Zentradi ship, uh, Chiron is having a temper tantrum. We get we cut mid temper tantrum. You just see Chiron and he's whining about something, which is so incredibly on brand. I love it. Yeah, uh, so it turns- it's pretty strange. The Zentradi, you know, the whole the whole shtick is they separate their men and women, right? Yep. And they have far less separation of their men and women in their military, which is ninety percent of the society, than the humans do. Yep. Because all yep. the humans have all of their jobs segregated by gender. So, you know, if you can be in the military, but if you're a lady, you're going to be on the bridge. And if you're a guy, you're going to be in a plane. Whereas the Zentradi just have, you know, men and women in command, men and women flying, men and women doing this and that. So, uh, what's what's the deal with that? That's actually, like, a really good point. Because it's, it like, you see, like... Sense. No, you see, like, like, women at all levels of command. You see women foot soldiers... And all that, like, it's like they're weirdly more gender progressive in, at the same time as being also more sexually oppressed. Yeah. It's, that's an excellent point. I ne- never actually thought about that. So, well, uh, I don't think we were supposed to because it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It's just the unintended consequence. So, um, Chiron, a pot, calls a kettle black by saying that Miria's ego will be her undoing. You did it. I'm so proud of you. You said Miria <laughs> correctly. 
Um, it's only, I only worked out this episode how to say it. Yeah, because the narrator said it? Yeah, that's exactly why, actually. Yep. Um, Miria says that she's hot shit, but Chiron points out that there's an ace that cannot, that she cannot best. Yeah, no, I had no idea who they were talking about at this point, either. I thought it was Max, but... It I is. Think ep- it yeah, is it Max. Is Max. Yeah. But I thought it was Roy or Rick. Yeah. I forgot so- that Max is just quietly excellent. Yeah, and, and that's actually an excellent point, because you assume the way this episode is setting up that Roy's going to be the one that gets in the fight and is going to get slain dramatically. Uh, or something. I mean, I don't know. I mean, no, I don't think he is. I think no, maybe... I mean, there's always a risk when you go on a mission that you might not oh, come you, back. You, you never, you never can tell. You never things. can tell. No, exactly. I mean, we've all seen Dawn Patrol. We know, you know, these things happen. But that's that's what I thought was going to happen. And so I'm glad I'm not the only one that kind of forgot that. Yeah. Uh, well, Max gets wheeled out like once every four episodes. That's actually an excellent point as well. Um, if it's not for the fact that I probably watched these episodes like eight times when I was a child, I wouldn't remember any of these people because they've appeared so little. <laughs> And also, we didn't talk... Actually, there's one thing we didn't mention about Phantasm, right? So, there's that whole thing about Lin Carl being a giant alien monster that dissolves into nothing when Rick gives up the military. And it's like, again, he's a character that we got introduced roughly 20 minutes ago. Why? Why does he prey so large upon our hero's psyche? It's almost as if he's a product of our hero's psyche made real in a very clumsy way by the writers. <laughs> exactly. I just thought that was interesting that, like, yeah. you know, he, like we've gone from, like, Zero to fool Lin Kyle. Oh, Poochie is one outrageous dude. He's totally in my face. Wiggity, wiggity, word up. Also, in, like, in, in the space in of an episode. Rick's racist mind, foreigners <coughs> and aliens, the same. What's the difference so, between the uh, mysterious Zentradi and the... Never mind. I'll tell you the difference. The Zentradi aren't taking our jobs. Turn down for what? <laughs> yeah okay we're gonna have to cut that one. Oh, okay that's maybe not funny that's maybe a bit too real a bit too raw uh i'm gonna just slap my hands so i can see where the edit point is i was mostly joking in that you can probably leave it in and leave in the part about me saying we're gonna have to cut it out oh god i got out meta jokes oh fuck. that's all right oh, you can Jesus. do what you will with it you know you have total creative freedom on this episode because i'll be overseas and completely unable to stop you Turn down for what? on the movie set roy is wandering around and there's like a, a director who does like movie director things you know like we need a gaffer where's the lighting you know all those kind of things that i have you a write. phone i sit on a folding chair <laughs> that's, that's literally what he what he does I'm going to invest uh, a lot of money in deep sea diving. <laughs> I'm going to find the tit- the wait. What did what did? Oh, you did you actually... the Titanic? Yeah, the Titanic. God, I'm so slow. Do you want to do you want to have a second pass at that one? No, it's funnier if I just completely fuck it up. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Roy wanders around and he finds Minmay. Uh, Minmay wonders where Rick is. Has he been hurt? Roy says he is hurt, but not badly. And a visit would be really nice. Lin Kyle like narrates inside his head. He's like. What is this? And then he comes over and gets really pissy about military people talking to Minmay or whatever. It's great. Now there's two Rick Hunters. There's two shit young men who are ready to be really pissy in every scene they're in for no reason. Love it. And then uh, Minmay says the final farewell to Fokker. 
Roy Fox for the day, right? you know, just because his yeah, just you know, because you know, they're not gonna like yeah, he's leaving. He's like you know, they're not gonna see each other until tomorrow. He's, yeah, he's got you shit know. to do. You know, they're both busy people. It might be a while. Exactly, 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 exactly. And Roy Fokker is riding with the devil down Macross City when he gets called up that an enemy Zentradi ship is approaching. He says, better get some of my other planes ready. We don't want any nasty surprises. Yep. Because, you know, we don't. We don't want any we, nasty it, surprises. No, no, exactly. There are many things that you should fear in terms of surprises. But there is one person that you should never fear. I don't know who you mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> There's a song called Don't Fear the Reaper. I, I don't oh. know if that joke even works. We'll see how that works. We'll see. This one will play out well in the edit, trust me. <laughs> sure. Um, um, <laughs> either that or it's a don't pay the ferryman joke. There's like a joke. You know how you had to cross the, the some yeah, Greek the, the river when you die? There's a the song Don't sticks. Pay the Ferryman. Yeah. Is that a river made out of sticks? No. It's spelt S-T-Y-X-U. Barbarian. <laughs> um, on the bridge, Claudia announced that uh, the attack is on the way. And here's the point where I literally, literally learned how to say Miria's name. Because the narrator says, Miria's quest for personal glory is taking precedence in this mission. So and I know how the narrator to say is the only person who speaks clearly in this show. Because all the Zentradi go, and all the humans sort of just shout a lot. Um, and don't know Ro- who Miria is because she's an alien. Uh, and actually, that's an interesting point. We'll get to it. Um, oh yeah, when they misgender her. Yeah, they misgender her. Oh, say she's a disgusting. guy. Disgusting. Yeah. They claim to be fighting against the Zentradi because of gender politics, but really, as we discussed, the humans have the worst gender politics. They in fact do. Uh, so Roy hops inside his fighter and he starts to take off, and Lisa says something like, "Good luck on your hunt, Commander." Don't die. Don't die, and then Roy's like, "I'm hunting for pineapple salad." Finger guns, and yeah, then Lisa like, relays. Did you say pineapple salad? And then the captain's like, "Lisa, I think you're having a stroke." Uh, so we talked about the uh, animation being better, and so the battle is joined, and there's a lot of fresh animation, a lot of cool kind of robots shooting one another. I thought this was actually kind of entertaining for a change. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was good, and yeah, it's like um. There's probably a word for this because it's not entirely fair to say the last real story fight was Blitzkrieg, but yep. there's there's two kinds of fight in this show. There's fights that are just and now they fight and there's just you know a bunch of explosions and lasers. And yeah, have you. yeah, exactly. And then there's fights that are like choreographed. You know, like yeah. each each bit of animation actually relates to the next bit and so on. So you know the fight you can see who's winning and you can see who's yep. in trouble. And yep. this is one of those fights. Finally. And, it, and I'm glad that I'm not the only one that thought that. I agree 100% with what you said. It's like, I, I used to think of them as like B-roll fighting. In that it's just like random footage, as you say, that doesn't relate to anything. Yeah. Whereas this one, this is clearly a fight and there's two sides and you, there's a and point to everything. And people are getting in and out of position and, you yeah. know, getting shut up and not getting shut up. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's good. It's actually like what you want to watch in an action show. And I think this is an example. Here, this fight is an example of the show I thought I was rewatching, whereas in fact I've been watching 17 episodes of garbage, random nonsense. Whereas <laughs> this episode here is what I thought I was actually watching, yeah, if that makes any sort of Yeah, this is the kind of episode that in like two years you'll remember this episode being really good. And I, we'll get to it because we're going to get up to this point, but I remember a really great episode as a child when they fight inside the SDF. 
And I can't remember if it's this one, because that does happen. That does or happen. Or it's a later one. Because I thought there was one where they fight Chiron and there's like a Minmay concert going on at the same time, but maybe I'm imagining, like, misremembering multiple different instances. So I look forward having to having your getting own episode 17, are you? So the battle is joined and Miria is looking for the great enemy ace. As we discussed previously, Miria identifies Max as the enemy ace. And I wasn't sure if this was like meant to be a deliberate sort of misidentification subplot, but no, I think she it is, is actually dude, right? it is yeah. actually Max cuz oh yeah, right, he's really good. We knew this from yeah. the start. We just all forgot cuz Yeah, I yeah. don't know. You know, I, I, exactly. And as I mentioned in my notes, this is where all the money went cuz the animation here is great. It looks great. Yeah. Um the, so they order Max to retreat because they think that they're chasing Max too hard. And uh, as soon as Max pulls away, Miria follows him and they're like, aha, so this is some sort of strange pilot personal vendetta. Uh, in the hospital, uh, Minmay turns up and she and Rick talk and then she just falls asleep on Rick's bed, which I don't know if this is meant to be sweet or not, or I don't know. how I, Human emotions or this show's understanding of human emotions, I don't know what we're meant to take from this, aside from maybe that Minmay is too busy to even visit Rick in hospital. Uh, I don't know if... I don't know how to read this scene because it's like, Minmay can have a life, right? Yeah, no, I didn't really know what this scene was trying to accomplish either. I'm not even sure if Rick... How Rick feels about what's going on. Yeah. Um, It's just like, okay, she really is busy and she's really tired. Yeah. Are, are we supposed to feel sorry for her? Are we supposed yeah. to be... Are we supposed to feel like Rick and go, oh, they're drifting apart their worlds are so different even though they're both trapped on the same reasonably small spacecraft yeah this was i don't we look at these things through like what do we make of it in the year 2018 and what did the show think it was saying and yeah i can't I, work I out think, either of those things i think the issue is it would be 100 percent normal for them to be together now and both continue doing what they're doing yeah that's probably right so the show sort of is you know, is like, well, it's obvious that, you know, if she's this busy, then they can't possibly be together. And it's like, can't the dude just fucking fold his own flight suits? Isn't he yeah. doing that now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I agree 100%. So, um, further to the point, Rick then says, I don't understand what's going on, but making sure Minmay's safe makes it all worthwhile. So it's just really, really confusing, I guess. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's to say that, Yeah, it's, it's shit is whack. Uh, outside, Roy is dogfighting with the aliens when his ship gets hit and he just grimaces subtly. Yeah, you know. Just keep the, keep the silence. Keep out. the silence. Yeah. No, no, you keep talking. Say what you're going to say. Oh, um... I don't know. I can't remember now. Sorry. I'm not on my A game today. I, 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 me neither. I th wait, I think something about how that people often get shot at and get hit, but he kind of like grimaces in physical pain when this happens, so... I didn't notice, but to be fair... They actually get me with the switcheroo. Yes. And I was like, fuck, now I feel really fucking stupid. But we'll, get to, <laughs> we'll get to that. Okay, so uh, Max is continuing to run away from the main dogfight and Miria is still chasing him. Uh, they see that they're going to like have a collision course with the ship. So they sound the alarm inside the ship generally. Uh, yep. Rick hears the sirens and he stands up and he grabs his head like, whoa. And they say, everyone should take cover. So Rick goes and runs to a huge glass window in a multi-story building because yep. he's been trained by the military and he's very smart. Now, did you notice this next thing that is slightly, it does not make sense. It's a classic kind of continuity error. Mm -hmm. So Miria is ostensibly chasing Max because she wants to shoot down the ace, right? Yeah. But she enters the ship first. 
She flies into the ship and then Max follows her. And then she says, run, little man, run. And it's like, but you're running from him. So there's like a little animation error here. I think he's Yeah, I didn't notice it because I think there was one scene where they muddled that up. Yeah. But yeah, I just assumed she was chasing him. Also, I mean, seems weird strategy to for him to get inside the ship and then them immediately go, oh, fuck, why did we do that? Let him out of the ship again. But, you know, whatever. Well, maybe I misread the scene because often I'm typing and there's like the, the famous instance of you saying, wasn't it great when she goes... Later, later, later. And I, just, listening. I just wasn't listening and I missed the scene entirely. So yeah. um, it's entirely possible that, that, that I missed something, but it appeared to me when I was watching it that she enters the ship first and then is like, I'm chasing you, when that was not how it happened. Yeah, so as, as you mentioned, uh, Rick was sta- is staring out the window and Miriam's robot slams into the centre of town and Max follows and there's like a, a shoot shootout inside the city and it still looks kind of cool and uh, Miriam says... You wish to do combat, you insolent fool! And uh, the captain's like, we should open up the hatch so she can fly away. And then she flies away and Max chases her away. And then uh, Miria refers to herself in the third person and says, Miria will not forget this day, Micronian. And uh, everyone's like, well done, Max, you won. And, and he's uh, like, Ugh, but it was not a decisive battle. It literally we what he says. We must the Americans into decisive battle. Exactly. How can we not win without decisive pitched battles? He wants to pitch, like, have a proper pitched battle is what he wants. That's Napoleonic right. fight. That's the only way to win, because the Centradi economy is very large. Yes, exactly. You have to just, if there was some sort of decisive blow one could strike at the Centradi. So, you know, to be fair, to be fair to Imperial Japan, as much slack as they obviously deserve to be cut, it did work on the Russians. And oh, everyone, yes, yeah. And everyone knows, if a strategy works once, it'll work every time, forever, without that. You know, what's that, classic, uh, what's that classic saying? Past performance is an indicator of future successes? Yeah, that's the one. It goes exactly that's, like that's that. That's the one. So the battle is ending, and uh, Lisa calls Roy and says, Roy, you're losing altitude. Roy says, yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> yep. That's fine. I'm not fine. I'm not shot. Everything's fine. Don't even know where you bring it up. I'm returning to yeah. base. Of course I'm losing <laughs> altitude. I'm coming in for a fucking landing. <laughs> I'm going to stay up here all day. What a strange thing to say, air traffic controller. You're going to like berate me next for having my landing gear down? Yeah, for fuck's sake. What are you worrying about? Uh, Minmay's bossy manager comes in and bosses uh, Minmay around. I've got Rick written here, but Rick isn't in the scene. So I don't no, know Rick that. fucking literally disappeared. Yes, literally disappeared. Is his dream sequence, and he just goes, and his magical Veritech that appears out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, his manager, her manager, helpfully tells us that she doesn't have time for boys anymore. Which is really on the some nose. joke about like, oh, I should have been a CPA. And it's like, yeah, I, I fucking CPA. I was going to bring this... that up as well. He's Who like, put oh, this should... in here? He goes like, oh, I should listen to my mother and bit a CPA. Is that a, like, is that a chartered accountant? Is that what that is? Oh, uh, yeah, it must be. I've, I've, I've Googled it. I'm using the Google it. Certified public accountant in Australia. Yeah, in but United States. in America? Uh, certified public accountant is... Yeah, right. Well, so it just means you can be an accountant? Yeah. This there is for go. children. How the fuck are children meant to know what a CPA is? The, the other thing is, that's the sort of thing that, you know, gets thrown into the American dub and it's like, oh, I've got this really great joke. I'll just improvise as I'm recording. And it's like, oh, and no one went, dude. They're children. This joke's not funny. It's your stand-ups tomorrow night. We promised we'd go. Save the material for then. 
Um, uh, so we cut to the ground crew and they wheel up Roy Focus' ship and they're like, wow, this plane really got shot up. One of them climbs inside the cockpit and he's like, wow, check this out. And then the other and one turns out in. Roy Foker has pissed his pants. Literally, it's urine. It's, it's like, it's like cutting up to us. the knees. They just both stick their heads in and then look at the seat and go, Ooh! Somebody better get the Kleenex. Wait, does that, what would you clean up urine with? Somebody better get the bleach. Somebody better get the towels. Am I there yet? Have I have I hit a joke? Have I stumbled upon in this dark room a joke? Look at look at this fucking pampered male. Doesn't even know how to clean up his own piss. I just I I, I mean when I piss it's normally on myself, so I just have to have a shower. <laughs> Uh, Roy is sitting on the couch strumming a guitar, I believe the and song is. And at this point, I go, huh, he didn't die after all. No. Uh, he, yeah, he's, he's fine. He's strumming, he's what was fine. all that fucking foreshadowing for? No, I exactly. Just, what the fuck? What a waste of everybody's time. And he's, uh, he's strumming his guitar, and I believe he's playing the end. Claudia is cooking dinner, and she says that pilots think that going off to combat is just like a game. Roy says, it's never a game, Claudia. Claudia brings in her pineapple salad and is like, Oh, Roy, you've fallen asleep. For those Roy's of you who really really don't know what a pineapple salad is, it's a really big pineapple that's cut in half as a salad bowl with mystery salad in it. Is that what so, it is? I, I wasn't paying attention. How, that, how are you not, like, really keen to find out what the hell a pineapple salad is? Like, what is that? Uh, well, I, as I said, I, I've got a lot of note-taking to do. So I, I'm just tapping away on the... If I haven't been watching the show, who is Rick Hunter? I don't understand. <laughs> so ne- next episode, guys, uh, after this, I'll talk um, Charles through the pause button, and then <laughs> we should be even better than ever. <laughs> even better than ever. Um, Roy groans and collapses to the ground, and Claudia gasps and sees that there are three giant bullet, hole, bullet holes and blood all over his back. If he'd been shot three times in the back, he'd just be dead dead, right? Well, this is dumb, right? Because then they, you know, do the... Like, he's lying on a deathbed and whatever, and they're like, oh, he died of blood loss, there's nothing we could do. So it's been like six hours. So if he'd gone to the hospital, he would have been completely fine. Yeah. It, it just, so there's, there's either two outcomes I see. One is that he's been shot in the spine and he's dead regardless. And he's just or, instantly dead and his plane crashes in the ocean and they never find his body. Or he's just got a series of tiny bullet paper cuts on him and he's just like, so I've missed all his vital organs and he's slowly bled to death over the next eight hours. Like, yeah, he's like, he's in, ex- wait, exsanguinated himself? Sounds like what? me googling exsanguinated. Isn't that like a fancy name for having your blood sucked out? Anyway, you can't make fun of me, you're the guy that didn't understand the theme from Shaft. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a thing. Exsanguination. <laughs> I, there's, a, there's an X-File episode where Mulder comes in and tells Scully there's been a series of bovine exsanguinations. Oh. Somebody's been drinking the blood of cows. Yeehaw! Actually, a town called Chaney, about 50 miles south of there, population 361. By all accounts, very rustic and charming, but as of late, ground zero, the locus for a series of mysterious nocturnal exsanguinations. Exsanguinations? Of whom? How does that grab you? It's a dead cow. Exactly. Or more specifically, a dead 900-pound Holstein. Its body completely drained of blood, as was this one, this one, this one, this one. So on six, all in all, approximately one a week over the past six weeks. You're not going to tell me you think this is that Mexican goat sucker thing? El Chupacabra? No, they got four fangs, not two. And they suck goats, hence the name. 
That's it right. seems like it's always faster to say draining blood. Yes, but is it funnier to say draining blood? Mm. I mean, I, I wouldn't know, would I? <laughs> the uh the, the camera focuses on the pineapple salad forever did he actually manage to eat any of it he didn't did no he? no he, he obviously didn't care he's like should i have some of this pineapple salad i've been talking about the whole time and he's Maybe just like he just fucking gotta to die <laughs> yeah he just he's just like it turns oh, out claudia that's is what a it really... is drops dead claudia is just a <laughs> Claudia's been talking about this pineapple salad and he's just like, what the fuck is this pineapple salad? So he keeps saying it over and over and over. He says, must hold on to see this pineapple salad. And he sees it and he's like, oh, is, is that it? Is that just a regular salad? Like some lettuce and some tomato and shit in a giant pineapple? What the fuck? And then he just dies. And he's like, he I dies. can't believe I didn't go to the hospital for this. <laughs> I was going with the second option, which is that Claudia is secretly a really shitty cook and the only thing that she can cook is pineapple salad. So he's nice. like asking her to make the simplest thing and he sees it like, I forgot I fucking hate pineapple salad and he dies. <laughs> he just dies. <laughs> um, we cut to a scene of Roy Fokker dead and then it's just like the bit from the Transformers movie where they open up Roy's chest and he takes out the Matrix of Leadership. Prime, you can't die. Do not grieve. Soon... I shall be one with the Matrix. Uh, sure. <laughs> this film was made before you were born, so I'm not surprised that you don't know what the fuck I'm yeah. talking about. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> Claudia collapses on the bed and starts screaming, No! She just cries, really. Yeah. And so I missed a, a point of detail earlier on. When Roy visits Rick in bed, he throws him a box, which we are now allowed to deduce that it was a model plane. Oh, right. Yeah, and he drops the Model 1 German fighter plane. So Roy is playing with this model plane. He's going... And Lisa comes in and says, Roy Fokker is dead. Plane slips from his grasp, crashes to the ground. You see, that was far more poignant than you saying yeah, Rick yeah, drops the plane. That's fine. You can edit my thing out. <laughs> no, it's funny. Again, it's funnier if I leave it in. Right. And then, just in case you weren't clear, Big Brother, my Big Brother, is dead. So, you could say goodbye. <laughs> Adios, Big Brother. Big Brother. So, it's good that- to know if any major character comes is going to die in future... They're just going to let us gonna, know. It's not going to be a shock. And Wait, I'm going to gently guide us into it. I'm going to insert the audio from last episode where I say, next week we're watching Phantasm and the episode following Phantasm because I didn't want to spoil it for you. And then, oh. and then we were joking that the, the promo just literally tells you Roy's going to die. And yeah, it's the like, end of well, Phantasm just goes, no. Roy's going to die. And you're like, well, the S episode is titled Roy Dies. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, I will say that I, it was with great pleasure. I can announce that the next episode is the best episode of the entire series. So if you don't like the next one, then I guess we're in trouble. Yeah, well, can only improve. Can only improve. I, I thought that um, Farewell Big Brother, for all its foibles, was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It wasn't bad, but um, I don't know. The, the biggest problem with that fake clip show episode was reminding me how much better this show was at the start. 
Yes. So yes. I'm, I am hoping there's a bit of a return to form because far out we've had some stupid shit. Uh, I, I agree. There's, it's quite the slug. Slog. The slug. Slog. Stupid. <laughs> I just put in the, the guy from GoldenEye saying slug. Slug. No, slughead. You remember that? <laughs> He's doing the, He types the thing in the console. It's like hack.exe sloghead. <laughs> um, Better luck next time, slogheads. This has been quite the slog getting through some of these episodes, but I I have a feeling the business is about to pick. I'm gonna stop doing this thing where I cadence my voice like that when I'm, I'm being sarcastic. My voice. I think business is gonna pick up in the next few episodes. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I hope and so. It, it, and then after that, we're getting into the episodes that I haven't seen and just don't know about. Um, but uh, the next... I have seen them as an SDF Macross form. Oh, I have too. I've seen, um, spoiler alert, I've seen the part where they get back to Earth. You know, yeah. at the end of the series. And that, it gets so incredibly silly. I don't remember it getting silly, but... It's good. It's really no, funny. I... Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because when I watched it, I was like, this is dumb, but I didn't have a podcast to go, oh man, this is dumb and really hilariously weird social commentary. And now I do. Exactly. I'm actually kind of looking forward to, I don't know if we actually will do this because we, well, episode 18, there's what, 30 something episodes, which means there's like nine more episodes of this show for us to do and start picking it up again. Um, and I don't know how we'll feel after then. I'm kind of interested to see what the second series is like, the Southern Cross writers of the Purple Sage, Southern I've Cross. I've got no idea what the second series is because that's the official point where Macross and SDF, well, sorry, yeah, Macross and Robotech completely diverge. Yeah, I, I've seen a little bit when it was on TV on Agro's cartoon. Wow. To anybody God, who's really, so really old. old. So old. You know what else I saw on Agro's cartoon connection? The what? Battletech 3D TV show that was just absolutely terrible. Yeah, right. And it believe like I believe the show like just got cancelled after twelve episodes, and so it ends in a cliffhanger where the like Jade Falcon evil clan people capture all the all the civilians on a single planet and then fly away. The end. The end. It's literally the end. Like the twist is, it's like we're fighting to get back our homeworld from the evil clanners, and then they the the clanners like we'll finally you've beaten us in combat, but we'll let you have your planet back. And then it's like psych. It turns out the planet yeah, is right. just the planet. So this is now a. Uh... A two-show podcast. <laughs> I, I reckon that show is probably so bad, it's just all on YouTube. You wouldn't have to even worry about acquiring it. Like, via Oh, TV. yeah, because there's absolutely no ongoing legal battles to do with the Battletech franchise. <laughs> exactly. Shall we uh, head into the emails? Oh, yeah, we should. Do we have some? We have two. Uh, first one oh, is a short note from Matt in Sydney. Matt tells us that the reason they go to Alaska is because there's apparently a nuclear base in Alaska. Right, a secret so nuclear base? I, I, well, if people know about it now, it could have been secret. But, uh, Maybe. But there's Doesn't seem like, very secret. <laughs> there's apparently a reason for them to have gone to... The second email is from Nick in Sydney, no relation. Hi, Charles. Can you please tell the listeners what the rail situation is like on the STF Macross? Have our intrep- intrepid heroes foolishly opted for a showy yet impractical bullet train? Or have they sensibly chosen majestic and reliable di- di- diesel engines, quiet emperors of the rail? You know, I hate to acknowledge this, but actually, the SDF the one right, is a really yeah. big spacecraft. Yeah. How do they get around, other than those little jeeps? I, 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 I know. I reckon, the way I would do it, I reckon this is probably a rail bus situation. I reckon it's like a regular tram system that runs 
all the major parts of the ship. That's how they'd have to do it. Yeah, but I think we've only ever seen cars and pedestrians. But I am 100% in love with the idea of a bullet train <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. runs from like one side of the crossing to the other. It's just like 100 meters. <laughs> And it's like, it takes so long to fire up that it's quicker to walk, but this is like, public transport, goddamn waste of money. <laughs> it's whenever they're not firing the main gun, all that energy goes into moving this thing back and forth about 100 metres. <laughs> and it's like, in case of emergency, do not use bullet train because the power that the bullet train takes up would sap all the guns and stuff from the ship. <laughs> yeah. So the, the bullet train just stops in the middle of the city. Oh dear. And finally we'll end our email segment by saying the person who promised me they were going to email in but didn't, I know who you are and you better send that email in. I don't know who you are but I'm very disappointed in you. Uh, uh, we, 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 we'll sort this dude out. Yeah. Alright, I think that does it. Next, next time we're up with two really good episodes, the, uh, the high point and uh, any final thoughts you have on this, uh, these two episodes? I'm glad they're over, and I hope I have more to talk about next time. Well, I, you know, I before we go, I should point out the fact that I wrote something like three thousand words over these two episodes, and I ended up using like third of them. So this, I thought this episode was going to be really short, but here I am looking at the counter saying fifty-two minutes. So we did it. We did it, gang. We got an episode. We did it. Although a lot of that is probably the outtakes of me fucking up the intro a thousand times. Yeah, that's that's true. Should we should we sign off? Uh, this has been my boyfriend is a podcast. Thank you for joining us. And I'm Charles. And I'm Nick. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Hello and welcome back to My Boyfriend is a Pilot. I'm your co-host, The Undertaker, and I'm joined by my other co-host, The Grim Reaper. Uh, hello? It's your line. Oh, you, I thought you were going to say hello. Oh, Okay, well. right. Let's, let's try this again from the start, and we're going to stick this on the end of the episode as a blooper. Yep. Hello, and welcome back to My Boyfriend is a Pilot.